Welcome to the Jaden Roberts Audio Podcast. My goal is to encourage you and build up your faith with the Word of God. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Jaden Roberts Audio Podcast. It is awesome to be back with you again. How are you doing this fine, fine Friday? That's when I'm recording this on a Friday. You'll be seeing this or hearing this whenever I post this, but I really feel like this will bless a lot of people because I felt to release it in my spirit to do another um, part two of the anointed to destroy, and I feel like it will bless some people. Now, I'm targeting this to people who have this in their heart that, you know, Nothing else really matters in this life. I'm talking about things of the world. Money, fortune, cars, all that. None of that matters, but all that matters and all that they want to do in life is be used by God. See people's lives changed in touch and change broken off of people's lives. You know, that's all they want to see. And they want to be a vessel of gold and silver. They want to be used for the master. They want to be available so the master can use them. And I feel like I'm talking to people like like that, you know, who made that their hearts cry, who made that their hearts desire. Their number one thing in their heart that I, I want to be used by God. Nothing else matters. I want to be used by God to show this generation that my God is not dead that my God is not like the other gods. No, my God is alive and he's more than alive. He can do miracles. He can heal the sick. He can heal the blind. He can raise the dead. His power is alive and his power is real. You know, and I'll show it to you. And I feel like I'm talking to people like that who have that in their heart. They want to be a vessel of gold and they want to, consecrate themselves. They want to live a set-apart life from this wicked and evil world. They don't want to live how the world's living. They want to talk how the world's talking. No, they, they just live a whole totally separate, different life. And they live consecrated. And they, they're watching what they, you know, what they put before their eyes and watching before... Before they um, put in their ears, you know, the music they listen to, the things they watch. They're watching stuff like that so they their spirits won't get corrupted by the world's garbage. And their conscience won't get seared up. But they're living consecrated. They want the presence of the Lord. They want the glory of God. They want the power of God. They want the spirit of God. And... I'm talking to people like that, or you wouldn't be listening to me. But that's what I want. That's what I want, and that's what I want for you. I want you to have that, your heart's cry. That, Lord, I want to be used by you. I want to be used by you. And I know that it's going to take some boldness because you're you're literally you're not going the way the world's going. 
you're going to get some criticism. People are going to be like, oh, why are you why are you doing this? Oh, you think you're better than us, huh? You think you're better than us, huh? And it's okay if people say that. It's, it, it's okay. It proves you're on the right track. You're not going the way they're going. They're, you're, you're literally going against the grain, if that makes sense. You're going against the grain. And it's going to cause people to look at you different. They look at you different. Why are you not doing this? Why are you not listening to that? Because that's not, that's not what I do. I watch what I put in my ears. I watch what I put before my eyes. I don't watch what everybody's watching. Hey, hey, bro, you seen that TV show? Nah. Hey, you listen to this new artist? No. Nope. Because <laughs> I, I don't do that. I, I'm, I'm not a part. I'm, none of that interests me. I could care less. I'm going to keep it 100% real with you. Like I always have been. I could care less what this world cares about. They can care about the parties. You know, at my school, and I'm just going to keep it real. I'm just going to keep it real. At my school, they're talking about all these dances and proms and um, ring dance and having fun and doing all this stuff. And I just look, I just find, I look at them and like, Count me out. Even my mom. She was like, you're not going to your prom. You're not going. You're not going to the dance. You don't want to be a part of anything. I'm yes. You got that right. I don't want to be a part of anything at that school. I don't. I could care. I, I don't. Come, oh, come on. Just think about it this way. You're corrupting yourself with garbage, garbage and garbage. Literally music, the world's music. Who want? I just can't. I just can't do it. It's filth. It's sewage. It's it. It stinks. It stinks in my spirit. I just can't. It it just irritates my spirit when when I hear that. It irritates it. It makes it. Now nah, I gotta go. I nah. Shoot, I spend most of my time by myself anyway. I don't. I don't really hang around with that many people. That's just not what I am, and that's not what, you know, that's not just, that's not what I do. I mean, I love hanging around people when I do, but, I mean, parties, nope, caught me out. No, I, I just don't do it. I just don't do it. And I, I don't want to corrupt my spirit. I want to keep myself holy and pure. You know, I want to walk upright. I want to, you know, live righteously. So I can be used by God because that's the only way you can be used by God when you're a pure and holy vessel set apart for his use. And that's what I want. I don't want what the world I don't I don't want to hear what the world's listening to. It's sad. Many Christians pollute their spirit with the world's garbage. They pollute their spirit with the world's garbage. And some one scripture that literally spoke to me and it it changed me when the bible's talking about the anointing and the oil 
and the perfume. I believe this is in um, Proverbs. And it's talking about how flies, too many flies cause the perfume to stink. And when when I, I read that, it hit me. That when when you're allowing the filth of this world, I'm talking now I'm not talking to no unbelievers. I'm not I'm not talking to no, I'm not talking to them. I'm talking I'm talking to the Christians, the Holy Ghost filled believers. When you allow this world sewage to pollute your spirit, you stink spiritually. That's a deep, that's deep. You stink spiritually. You stink. Too many flies cause the perfume to stink. And many Christians stink because they allow the the pollution of this world to pollute their spirit, man, and they stink. That's not what I want to be. I want to be full of the fire of God, and I want to keep watch, keep watch on how I'm living. Because many times in the Bible, many times in the New Testament, Many times in Paul's writings, many times when Jesus speaks, he says, keep watch, keep alert, stay on guard, keep watch on yourself, keep watch on how you live. The Bible says, be careful how you live. Be careful how you live. Be very careful. Watch how you live. Because you only have one life. You only have one life. And I chose, and I hope you choose this too, that I choose to live uprightly. I choose to walk in the anointing every day. I choose to grow in God every day. I choose to grow in his presence, growing in in a relationship with him every day and not letting this world pollute my spirit and cause me spiritually to stink. Because let me tell you something, when you stink spiritually, people are drawn away. People don't want to come near you when you stink. <laughs> it's true. Many, many, many people, they, they don't want to come near you when you stink. No. No. You pollute yourself. And this might... You know, offend some people while I listen to that. Well, sucks for you. Because I'm I'm just, I'm honestly, I've had it. I could care less what people say, what people get offended at. Just say it. Say it like it is, man. We We need more people to be like that anyways. Say it like it is. Don't try to beat around the bush. Say it. Either people are going to like it or people are not going to like it. (laughs) Jesus didn't care. The apostles didn't care. Paul didn't care. I don't care. Many Christians who let rap. I'm talking about listening to that junk. And they're Holy Ghost filled. Listening to that junk. 
And you might be asking me, Jaden, how does this have anything to do with anointed to destroy your message? It has a lot. Because how can you be anointed if you allow this stuff in your life? Take care of the basics first. Pay attention. Many people who list many Holy Ghost filled Christians listen to worldly secular rap. People cussing, people talking about sex, people talking about drugs, people talking about shooting people, and they're listening to that and they're corrupting their spirit. And they stink. And the reason why many people are away from them is because they stink and they can sense it. When you have the Holy Ghost inside you, it's like a BS detector. You can smell, you can, it's, you, it's, it's a discerner. You can tell, mm, something ain't right. You stink. <laughs> put on some deodorant, my boy. Put on some, put on some cologne, my boy. Like, come on, bro. Like, you, you reek. I was going to say a joke, but like. <laughs> like that every time in Spongebob I mean I don't watch Spongebob anymore because of news got out but um just like when you used to watch Spongebob as a little kid and when something stinks it was like Doo-doo. like it was like oh nah bro like you gotta go away bro like <laughs> nah bro you mm-mm-mm no, 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 sir. I can't. I can't do it. So anyway, when you have that discernment, you can tell, like, something's not right. Something literally stinks. It, it makes your spirit, like, cringe inside. Like, uh, what is that? I'm sorry. I got to go. I can't. And many Christians stink because they act like the world. And the world stinks. And you, can, you can't do anything for God when you're acting like the world. Lukewarmness. Lukewarmness. Let me tell you something. When you have a serious encounter with God, no, nothing in the world interests you. It's just Nothing. It's crap. It's nothing. It's all crap. It's all crap. It's all crap. It's nothing. It's it's nothing. Nothing in this world interests you. When you have a serious encounter with God. And he literally just trucks you. Like smacks you. And you have an encounter with him. And he changes your life. Nothing of this world is going to matter. Because I'm telling you, for a personal testimony, I used to listen to a lot of rap. I used to listen to Lil Baby, Lil G Vert, um, Gunna, all, all these Migos, all these worldly rappers. Um, Listen to all these secular songs and trying to be cool and trying to be fit in and When I had an encounter with God, 
None of that mattered. I had 353 songs. 353 songs on my Spotify from worldly rappers. And I just looked at it when after I had my encounter with God. I'm talking about reading reading the word, staying late up at night, praying, fasting, reading books from men of God and women of God. And I just looked at it. And I looked at that filth. And the Holy Ghost said, delete it. I was like, okay, roger that. I mean, I don't listen to that. I, You just don't have a desire. When, when you look into Jesus and when you fix your eyes on Jesus, this world is, is going to grow strangely dim. None of this stuff matters. It really doesn't. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, None of this stuff a hundred years from now is gonna matter. The one thing that matters from a hundred years from now is if you're going to heaven or if you're going to hell. And the only reason why I'm doing this is for people to go to heaven. None of this worldly garbage matters. The music you listen to, the the wealth, the 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 woman, the the anything in this world that the that the people of this world count as oh, I'll die for this I'll die for this you are an idiot if you think like that I'll die for this Jesus said what's the what's the value what's the value of your soul what's the point of gaining all this wealth Jesus said and you and you lose your soul in the end What's the point? What is the point? So let me get into this. Since I got all that out the way. That you should be a pure and holy vessel, number one. Because none of this stuff will happen if you're not pure and holy. You got to live a separated, consecrated life. Number one, off the jump. You can't be used by God if you're playing church, you're living both sides, you're on both sides of the fence. No, that doesn't work like that. It just doesn't. So for the, I got that out the way. Now you're anointed to destroy. I'm talking to the people who are hungry for the power of God, who are hungry for the anointing, who are hungry for God Every single day. That's who I'm talking to. Now, when the anointing comes on you, you're anointed for a purpose. In the Old Testament, you see it. People who are anointed by, the, by God for three purposes. King, priest, prophet. That's it. King, priest, prophet. That is it in the Old Testament. Those are the people that have the anointing. That was it. That was it. And you're anointed for those positions. You're, for example, you're a prophet. You're anointed to call, to, to let the people know what's happening. You're a seer. You let people know you're a mouthpiece for God. You speak what God tells you to speak. That's what he's anointed you to do. Priest, you are anointed you're like between 
back in the Old Testament, people in, in God, you, you tell them, you, you, you give the sacrifices. You go in the most holy place. You tell God what God says because they couldn't go up to God face to face and pray to him. No, they had to ask the priest and the priest had to go to God and then they had to go back out and tell him what God said. That was the priest's job. And the king was anointed to lead his lead God's people. Now, here's, here are the people that were that are anointed. And here's I just made this very short list. There's a lot of people that was anointed in the Bible. But I made these because these are just powerful. Not like the other ones aren't, but th these ones are stood out to me. Now, number one, David. What was he anointed for? And number, point number one, if you're taking no notes, you're anointed for a purpose. And I want you to say that out loud. But make it personal. I am anointed for a purpose. Whoever is watching me, did you know you have a purpose in this life? That you're not on this earth for no reason? That you're not, you're not a mistake? You're not made by accident? No, you're, you're not none of that. You're made, you were made on purpose. God made you. You know, he, he designed you. He knew you before you were even born. And he, had, he has a plan for you. Did you know that? It's true. Now, David, he was anointed to be king. To be the king of God's people. And I wonder what drew the anointing to him. What drew, what got God's attention in David's life? What, what got his attention? Well, the Bible says, God said this about David, I found a man after my own heart. See, the difference between Saul and David was Saul was a man after the people's heart. The people wanted him. God didn't want him. God didn't choose him. The people wanted him. So God, hey, he, he allows what you allow. He's not going to say, he's not going to force anything on you. He's not going to control you. No, if you want it, there you go. Huh. So Saul was a man. Look at that. That's just a picture. The second time is always spiritual in the Bible. You see it. You see it here in this story. Saul chosen by the flesh, but David spirit, spiritual, Saul flesh, David spirit. So Saul was chosen by the people, but David was chosen by God. That's powerful. David was chosen by God. God said that is a man after my own heart. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. And it came to a point when David sinned with Bathsheba. And he got the Bathsheba's husband killed to cover up his sin. And he could have died. God could have struck him dead. But he had a repentant heart. Because his heart was after God's. He said, listen, I'm sorry. 
Blot out your sin. Blot out, blot out my sin. Make me, make me new. Make me white as snow. Don't remember my sins anymore. Don't keep looking at my sins. I am sorry. I messed up. And God forgave him in the Old Testament. No blood of Jesus shed. That is a man after my own heart. God loved him. He loved God. They were tight. And God forgave him. God forgave him. And that's the Old Testament. He was anointed to be king. That is the lineage of Christ. King David. And if you know this about David as well, he was a prophet. <laughs> Many people don't know this. Many people don't know that David was a prophet. But he prophesied about the Messiah. Messianic prophecies. You see it in Psalm 22. You know. Him prophesying about crucifixion. And crucifixion wasn't even invented. Man, think about that. And he was a priest. So David was a type and shadow of Jesus Christ. All three of those priest, king, and prophet. Got to do some studying, peeps. Got to do some studying. Now, he, David was anointed to be king. Nobody, you never see anybody that's anointed in the Bible and does nothing. No, when God places his spirit on someone, they do something for him that cannot be done in the night. You think David, when he was all in those battles and didn't get killed one time, but he actually died of old age? <laughs> That's the anointing. That is the anointing. The anointing literally came back from battles. Covered in people's blood. And no cut on him. Didn't die. Didn't die in battle, but he died of old age. I'm telling you, the anointing will protect you. Hmm. Now, Samson, he was anointed. Samson was anointed. He was anointed to take out God's enemies. Anointed to destroy God's enemies. We're going to go to Judges 15. Judges 15. It's awesome to be back with you. I haven't, I haven't done a message in a long time. But I, I, to be honest with you, I, I, I just want to like follow in God's leading. I don't want to do anything in my own flesh. Now, I want to actually, when I come up here, I want to actually, you know, hmm, preach, you know, hope, you know, <laughs> see what God's called me to do, help people, not do it in my own flesh, do it just to be, you know, heard, because I don't want to fall into that trap. I haven't done this in I haven't done this in a while, in a week. So, a week may may not be long for you, but you know, it's different for me. Judges fifteen and verses fourteen 
through 16. Here's what the Bible says. Now, a little backstory, paraphrase it. Samson got captured by the Philistines, and the Philistines thought they had a W. <laughs> Simple as that. And they tied my mans up in two brand new ropes. All right, verse 14. As Samson arrived at Leah, the Philistines came shouting in triumph. But the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon Samson, that's the anointing, and snapped the ropes on his arms as if they were burnt by strands of flax, and they fell from his wrist. Then he found the jawbone of a recently killed donkey, and he picked it up and killed 1,000 Philistines with it. Hmm. And now, pause right there. Now, the Philistines thought he had him. Oh, we got Samson. Oh, we're going to kill him. Oh, we got him. Oh, yeah, we won. We won. No. The spirit of the Lord came upon Samson powerfully. And the Bible says that literally the bondage that was on him fell off of him as if they were burnt. And he picked up a jawbone of a recently killed donkey and whooped 1,000 Philistine butt with it. I mean, like. That's not, that's not natural. You're talking about Philistines who are armed with swords, spears, shields, armor, all that good stuff. But they didn't have the anointing. But when the anointing comes on you, you can use something that you'll get killed in the natural for using. But the spirit of the, when the Spirit of the Lord comes on you, there's nothing taking you out. You'll take out everything. And he killed him with the jawbone of a donkey. Hmm. Now, here's a thing that messes people up all the time. And I'm going to talk briefly on this because I'm not teaching on this, but I'll teach on another podcast or maybe an Instagram live whenever the Lord leads me. But what got Samson is he thought he did it in his own strength. If you pay attention to verse 16, this is what Samson said after he did that. With the jawbone of a donkey, I've, hmm, I've pout them in heaps with the jawbone of a donkey. I've killed a thousand men. Now look at that. I did it, Samson said. I did it. I do I I does this. I'm nice. I do this. Taking the glory for himself, but that's very dangerous. The anointing will leave you if you do that. Not give not give all the glory and honor to God. Pride is very dangerous. Don't find yourself in that trap. Many preachers. Not the preachers that I know, but many preachers um, that used to have miracles in their meetings and see the power of God move. They don't have them anymore because of pride. And the anointing can't flow with a, pride for, with, a, with a prideful vessel. It grieves the Holy Ghost when people are prideful. It ticks God off. When people are prideful and steal his glory, like, oh, I did that. No, you didn't. You didn't do anything. 
didn't do anything. I don't know about you, but I never want to find myself in a prideful position. Because that's extremely dangerous. Pride will kill you. Pride will literally kill you. Pride will destroy anything that God has for you. Anything. God can have all this stuff planned for you, but when you're prideful, you won't walk into any of it. Because you're prideful. Saul was prideful. And what did, he, what, did, what did God do? Strip the anointing from him. Take his kingdom from him. Pride is, pride is demonic. Yeah, I said it. Pride is demonic. Oh, Jaden, you, oh, you're taking a little bit too far now, brother. No, I'm not. Pride is demonic. What made Lucifer fall from heaven? Pride. Huh. I'll be like the most high God. I'll be like this. God said, no, you won't. Ski boom. He fell. Fell down from heaven. Fell down from heaven. Kicked out of heaven. God flicked him out of heaven. Pew. See ya, buddy. You're not going to be like me. You'll never be like me. Pride. Pride will destroy you. Pride will destroy you swiftly. Destroy you. And that's what destroyed Samson. Pride. Pride. I'm t I guarantee you, if Samson would have never got into pride, because pride leads you into stupid stuff. It does. Samson had pride. And then he got shacked up with a garden tool. I'm talking about he got shacked up with a with a. Hey, can we all be real? And because I'm just gonna say it bluntly, I mean like, I'm not gonna hold anything back. I, I'm just saying. I'm just. Hey, if you get offended, oh, he said that word. How can you be a Christian if you say that word? Shut up. Anyway. He got shocked up with a hoe. Pride leads you to a dangerous destruction path. He got shocked up with a hoe. And literally his life was destroyed because of that. Pride will lead you to some bad stuff. Keep yourself from pride. Keep yourself pure and holy. Now, Gideon. I love Gideon. I love Gideon so much, man. Sure, Gideon had his moments when he was being completely ridiculous. Lord, show me this sign. How many of us do that? Lord, show me this sign if you're with me. No, if you're anointed, go out and do it. God doesn't, you, you don't need to be like, God, if you're with me, show me this sign to show me that you're with me. No. Do it. God has already empowered you. Because how unfair would it be and how unjust would it be and how ridiculous would it be if God called you to do something and didn't give you the power to do it? Because that's not right. He'll be a hypocrite. 
And God's not a hypocrite. Whatever he's called you to do, he will empower you to do that thing. He'll empower you. Now, I am in Judges chapter 6, verse 34. What was Gideon what was Gideon anointed to do? Now, this is what the Bible says. Judges six thirty four. Then the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with power. Look at that, I love that. Then the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with power. Now for what? He was tearing down false idols and pitting up altars. For 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 Jehovah. Tearing down false gods and pitting up altars. Literally, let me tell you something. Here, here's, here's some more things he did. He had many, 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 I'm talking about thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of soldiers. But the Lord said, you have too many. Cut them down, buddy. He was like, all right. Cut them down. 22,000. Then cut them down to 10,000. Now from the 10,000, cut them down. And what does he have? 300 people. And they're facing many, many men, many, many armies, many, many people. Now, in the natural, you'll die. Because obviously, over, literally, if a side has more people, they'll overpower the, the side with less people. But nothing's impossible with God. When God's on your side, hmm, who can stop you? Who can stop you? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for you, who can be against you? God was on Gideon's side, and literally with those 300 men, literally whipped some army butt. I'm telling you. Now, M Moses, what was he anointed to do? Now, every time I talk about Moses, I get hyped up because I, I love the story of Moses. I love the story of Moses because he tried to deliver his people the first time out of his flesh. And you might be asking, what do, what do you mean by that? I'm talking about when he killed that Egyptian. When he saw that Egyptian torturing that Hebrew slave. And here's a little backstory. If you... If you ever watched the Prince of Egypt movie? Have you ever watched that movie? I think that movie came out in like the 1990s or something like that, but if you've ever watched that movie and you see the Egyptian beating the crap out of that Hebrew slave and the Hebrew slave is yelling and torture and pain, it made, for me, it made me mad. It made me so mad. And that's how Moses felt. It Ticked me off. 
it made me mad. I was, and my, my Bible, my, um, little Sunday school, big kids teacher, we had corn dogs. I remember this. We had corn dogs. She brought in corn dogs for us and we was eating our corn dogs and I was like, what, seven or eight years old, maybe six years old, um, at that time. And I was just watching that with my friends and it ticked me off. And I started to cry and I didn't want to watch because it made me mad seeing that. I couldn't watch it. So I was like, hey, Miss Courtney, I, I got to go. I got to step out. I got to I can't watch this. I got to go to the bathroom. And I stayed in the bathroom until that part was over. Because <laughs> it made me mad. I, I, it does something to my. I, I can't watch that. I'm sorry. It, it it makes me mad, Jaden. Man, you're you're overplaying it. It's just a show. You might be right, but something, <laughs> some some just. Nah, I couldn't watch it. I just couldn't watch it. I felt like Moses, exactly how Moses felt. I can't watch this anymore. I had enough sitting back, acting like everything is normal, acting like. You know, everything's fine. Living in my palace while my people are torturing. I'm totally not seeing it. And you're walking by it. Now picture this. You're walking by it slowly and you're just taking a glance and you're looking and you're observing what's happening. And you hear your heart talking to you. There's something you got to do about it. You can't you can't watch it anymore. Are you going to do something? Are are you going to do something about that? You know, like. And Moses, he made up his mind. I can't watch this anymore. I can't. I had enough of just pretending like everything is okay. I'm living my life in, in, the, in the Pharaoh's house. And I'm eating the best food. And I'm having all this money and wealth. But. Watching my people get tortured, and I knew something was more for me. I knew it. So Moses gave up that life. He said, I, I can't. Take all your money. Take all your fa- I, I can't. I can't do it. I refuse to live this way. So he went to a backside of a desert for 40 years, and he had an encounter with God, the burning bush, and it shook him to the very core. God said at that burning bush, he said, I've heard the cries of my people. The cries of my people reach my ears, and I've sent a deliverer, and that's you, so go down there. Deliver them. And he had all these excuses. I can't do that. I have a stutter. I can't even speak. Oh, you got the wrong one. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. That's all. That's all. That's all he was saying. I can't. I, I, I can't do it. I can't. I can't. What? What? Then, bro, let me just tell you this. There's nothing you can't do when the anointing's on you. Literally, you see Elijah, he's running 
faster than a than a chariot. Spirit of the Lord quickened him. There's nothing you you can't. There's nothing you can't do, when the anointing is on you. He empowers you. So Moses was empowered and anointed to deliver God's people out of bondage and slavery and to lead them into a land flowing with milk and honey, into a prosperous, dripping, flowing, blessed land. Now it's his purpose. He led them out of, out of Egypt. By what? The power of God. By the power of God. Because let me tell you something. If he was doing it in his flesh, he would have died. He would have died. If Pharaoh saw him, he would have died. If he would have never had that encounter with God, he would have died. But nope. God said, hey, you're coming back with a different Moses. You're going to have my power. You're going to take this staff of yours and you're going you're gonna to perform my miraculous power. Now go and do it. Hmm. And he did it. Now, point number two, this leads me. God empowers you to do things for him. And we, we just seen it all through this, those examples. Now I'm going to go to Acts 10.38, one of my favorite scriptures of all time there to read. Acts 10.38. For you know that God anointed Jesus from Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. For God was with him. God empowers you to do things for him. So what did God anoint Jesus with? The Holy Ghost and with power. And with power. And he went around doing what? Doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil. So God empowered him to heal. God empowered him to see people's lives changed and people who are oppressed by the devil be set free. For God was with them. Now, what I said earlier, I said, God would be a hypocrite if he told you to do something and didn't empower you to do it. Now, let's go to Mark sixteen fifteen, The Great Commission. Here's what the Bible says. And then he told them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to everyone. Anyone who believes is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. That's us. They will cast out the demons in my name. And they will speak in new tongues. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And they will drink any, if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. 
So God empowered us to do it because he told us to do it. Anything the Bible says to do, anything God says in his, in his word to do, he empowers it. God empowers his word. And when you do what the word says, he comes behind his word to do it. Look, if you read down in verse 20 of Mark 16, it says the disciples went everywhere and preached. And the Lord worked with them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. He confirms his word. He's not a liar. Look, Jesus said that if you place your hands on the sick, they will be healed. God can't lie in his word. So when you act on the word, he's going to perform the word because the spirit and the word, they agree. Can't separate them. He empowers you. Now let's go to Acts 1. Acts 1 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But you will receive what? Power. Now listen. Jesus said, Don't don't do anything I've taught you. Until you'll be endued with power. Don't do anything I've taught you. Don't do it. Wait into Jerusalem. Wait in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Jesus didn't want him them doing anything. Wait. Just wait. Take a chill pill. Wait. They'll do anything I taught you. Wait. Don't do anything. Because without the Holy Ghost, you can't do anything. Leading to my third point. You can't do anything without the anointing. You can't do nothing. And if you try to do something, it will take extremely long. The difference between you being in the anointing and you not being in the anointing is the difference between you mowing the lawn with a lawnmower and you cutting the grass with a pair of scissors. With the lawnmower, you would do it extremely quick. Talking about you'll knock it out. Boom, 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 boom. Knock it out. You're done. But with scissors, it will take an extremely long time. Extremely long. Hmm. That's why he said wait. Because when you have that fire inside of you, when you have the Holy Ghost living inside of you, he empowers you. He's a comforter. On my Instagram, I'm doing a series on this, the person of the Holy Spirit. He empowers you. He'll he's inside. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll he empowers you. He'll give you power. 
power to do things, power to see people set free, cast out demons, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, preach the gospel. I'm telling you, in order to preach the gospel, you have to have the anointing. You can't even preach without the anointing. If you're, if you, if you preach without the anointing, it's just words. It's just speech. It's just a good applause. It's just, my God, this man has good speech, brother. This man can pronounce words. This man is an extravagant speaker, brother. No, like. But when you have the anointing, you have a weight on your words that when you speak, it will pierce. It will bypass the mind. It won't just be intellect. It's not going to be intellect. It's going to be revelation when you speak because it's going to touch people in their heart. Peter, when he spoke to those those people after being baptized in the Holy Ghost, he said, listen, we're not drunk as you suppose. But this was spoken of by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And after quoting more scriptures verbatim and quoting them and just rolling out of his spirit like... Tell, just rolling out of his spirit. That's the that's the anointing. He cannot. Um, Peter. He couldn't even it, identify Christ in public to girls. You're a follower of Jesus. I don't know what you're talking about. You're a follower of Jesus. A curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know him. Denied him. But he he had an encounter. And. That's not the same Peter. You're telling me that's the same Peter who stood in front of the high council with John and said, we'll rather obey God than you. We'll rather obey God than any human authority. That's not the same Peter. That's not. That's not the same Peter. That's a different Peter. can't do any of that without the anointing. Without the anointing, you're just, you're nothing. Without, I'm just going to keep it real. Without the anointing, you're just an ordinary person. You're just a regular person on earth, living life, going through life without a purpose, without a calling. And you'll die without a purpose, without a calling. And you'll get to the end of your life and say, what did I do with my life? Man, I if I was young again... You know, I, I could have did this, but it's too late. Man, I wish I was young. Those were the good old days. <sighs> Stupid people talk like that. Oh, it's good old days. It is. It was the good old days. Those were good times. God doesn't want to live want you to live like that. Well, those were the good old days. Those days are past now. I I can't. People with no future talk like that. But when you're anointed, you know that God has a plan for you. Hmm. You'll be looking forward to what God has planned for you because I'm telling you, even when you're old, if you're old watching me, 
There's nothing too old that God can't use. If he can use Sarah's, Sarah's womb, if he can use Abraham's old body to produce a child, he will use your life. He will use your old age to impact a nation, a city. Shake people up. Shake the devil up. Literally, he will use you. I'm talking to the seniors. He will use you to do great damage to the kingdom of hell. If he can use Abraham's body and Sarah's womb, old, dusty womb, he will use you. There's nothing too old that God can't use. He doesn't look at you. He doesn't look at people. He doesn't look at people on the outside. He he looks at what's in your spirit, what's in your heart. Do you have faith? Do you have do you have a heart after mine? Hallelujah. Zechariah four six says, "It's not my might. It's not by power, but it's by my spirit," says the Lord of hosts. It's not by human strength, it's not by human power, but it's by my spirit. Bible says in the book of Jeremiah, Cursed is the man who pits their trust in the arms of flesh. Cursed is that man. But if you realize, man... I need the anointing. I need the anointing in my life. I want the anointing in my life. God will respond to that cry. All you got to do is ask him and show him with your heart that I want this thing. I want it. I'm nothing without it. I'm literally nothing without it. I want it. I want it. John fourteen twelve, and I'm going to close here. Tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I do, and even greater. I want you to take notes on that. Anyone who believes on me will do the same works I've done, and even greater. But without the anointing, without Jesus, you can't do the works he did. You're, you can't do anything. Realize that. That I, I can't do anything without your spirit, Lord. But with your spirit, there's nothing that I can't accomplish. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Realize that. Well, this was anointed to destroy part two and... I'll be back on my Instagram live finishing the series, The Person of the Holy Spirit. Um, I pray this blessed you and have a blessed rest of your day, night, wherever you are. Love you. Mwah. Hey, I want to thank you for listening to the end of this podcast. Have you ever made a personal decision to live for Jesus Christ and ask him to come into your heart? 
I want to give that invitation for you right now. Jesus Christ died on the cross for you, so you wouldn't have to go to a devil's hell, but you could be in heaven for the rest of eternity with him. If you want to make this personal decision, say this prayer after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me and cleanse me. Set me free. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose for me, and I believe you're coming back again for me. Fill me with your power, where I'm weak, make me strong. Sin's power is broken over my life. I'm God's child, and heaven is my home. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, that was the best decision you ever made in your entire life. I love you, and have a blessed rest of your day.